0: When President Trump signed an executive order banning travel from seven majority Muslim countries in January, this was the scene at some U.S. airports. Meanwhile, one family in Portland, Maine was watching every development with great concern. They had just arrived three days earlier from Iraq, and now they waited, wondering if they'd ever again see the daughter they'd left behind. To them, her life was at stake. The father of this family is Labid al-Hanafi. He sits on a wooden chair with his eyes closed while he strums the Oud. Years ago, he would play the stringed instrument for U.S. troops in northern Iraq when he served as an interpreter. Back then, he knew his work for the United States made him and his family targets for terrorists.
1: Because U.S. troops were considered by the terrorists, as um, invaders. The locals who worked with them considered as uh, betrayals. And they, they were very simply slaughtered.
0: Iraqis who helped the U.S. were indeed seen as traitors to be slaughtered. In fact, Labid says two of his neighbors, who worked with the U.S. in Baghdad, were killed. One night, when Labid came home...
1: I saw a kind of posters stuck on my door and it says... The devils of U.S. that betray our nation and they should be punished and drops of blood and knives. That was the first time for me that I felt that myself and my family were very close to be killed.
0: We expected that they might come in any second. That's Bana, Labid's 20-year-old daughter, Labid applied for a special visa for Iraqis who had worked with the U.S. military. Finally, in late 2016, their visas arrived, and Labid's family could immigrate to the U.S. There was one problem. The visa for Bana was missing. It had been held up for some reason. Labid and his wife came to the difficult conclusion that it was too dangerous to wait in Iraq. So they and their two younger daughters fled their home in the middle of the night, to travel to Portland, Maine, where Labide's brother lived. Bana stayed behind with her grandparents. It was like everyone was crying, and (laughs) it was scary because I, I didn't have the choice to leave the house. Bana hid in her grandparents' home and worked on travel arrangements, and then...
1: We only want to admit those into our country who will support our country and love deeply our people.
0: President Trump's executive order banned Iraqi citizens from traveling to the U.S. So I went to Facebook and it was like,
2: everyone was talking about it. And, and I started to call them saying, is that true? Is
0: that fake news or something? Bana didn't know what would happen to her. She was confused and scared. And Labid knew they needed help. So back in the U.S., he walked to the office of the local newspaper, the Portland Press-Herald, and told his story. It made the front page, and that got the attention of Adam Burke, a 37-year-old community organizer. I live in Portland, Maine. And Brian Eng, a real estate developer in his 40s.
2: I saw Adam Burke repost the article on Facebook. You know, Labide had had served our country sort of on a patriotic level. I, I was upset by that. And then as a parent, I was also emotionally reacting to the idea that, you know, you could be separated from your child in this way.
0: Brian had only met Adam once, but they were Facebook friends.
2: I put a comment on his post, let's figure this out, I'll buy the plane tickets.
0: The next night, Adam and Brian met Labide and his brother, and they all started to plan.
2: They probably sent, I don't know how many hundreds of emails and text messages.
0: Adam and Brian assembled a team of Portlanders who wanted to help, and enlisted a lawyer who told them that a judge had blocked Trump's order for Boston. For the first time since the ban was signed, Labide felt optimistic.
1: It seemed to be like a hope or a light at the end of the tunnel.
0: But things were about to get complicated. For one, airlines were reluctant to fly Iraqis, like Bana.
2: You know, we had been talking about private planes, ships, going to Canada. The answer multiple times was no, that nobody was
0: going to put her on a plane. The team knew that every day, Baghdad became more dangerous for Bana. And that ruling by the judge in Boston would only last a week. The whole week was uh, very terrifying. I didn't know what to do. Nobody knew what to do. Finally, the team found an airline, Lufthansa, that would take Bana. They booked flights for the next morning, February 2nd, while President Trump's ban was still blocked. So the plan was to meet at Becky's Diner at 5 a.m., kind of our command central to deal with problems as they arose. Before we even got there, we found that Bana couldn't get on the plane. So with just hours to go and Bana waiting at the airport, Brian got back online, and after some frantic searching, he booked a new itinerary for Bana that very day. She would fly from Baghdad to Doha to Istanbul to Frankfurt to Boston, each connection with its own hurdles. It was tense. I don't remember breathing very much while we sat there. Finally, they got word that Bana was on her last flight, and they all drove to a mobbed Logan Airport.
2: The first person to come out who was affected by the ban was Banda.
1: Twenty-year-old
2: Bana al-Hanfi arrived in the United States today. She went I hugged my mom first and my father and my, my sisters. and The family that she'd feared she'd never see again. It was very emotional because people I've never saw in my life, never talked to. They helped me to, to come here and very, <laughs> very amazing. I learned from them, like, helping others is the feeling of being a human. All I wish is I can do the same in return to all the people in the country.
0: Bana plans to start college, and the end of this story is really a beginning. For Adam. I've started going to uh, community meetups to learn Arabic uh, with my son. And for Brian as well.
2: For me, the gift of this whole experience has been to get to know this family and feel like I'm part of their story now.
0: Labid never expected that a group of strangers from a country he'd lived in for just three days would do so much. But now, he says, they're connected, permanently.
1: Here is our home, and these are our family. Our destiny is like their destiny, and this is it.
0: You're listening to Kind World. I'm Erica Lance, and Matt Frasica produced this story with me. You can hear more stories at wbur.org kindworld, or by subscribing to the podcast. Email kindworld at wbur.org to send me your own story, and I hope you'll say hello on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks.